Hey everyone, welcome to the Light Me Up podcast. Light Me Up is a podcast focused on inspiring and motivating you to get excited about your body, mind, and spirit, your life again, by sharing practical tools and guidance from people that push the boundaries in their personal lives and careers for a happier, healthier existence. By the end of each episode, you'll walk away with one small doable thing to change your life for the better. I'm your hostess, Renee Claire. I'm a yoga teacher for people who deal with back pain. I'm a work-life balance coach, as well as a recruiting consultant for small business entrepreneurs. And a fun fact, my last name means light in French. Welcome to episode three of the Light Me Up podcast. How are you today? If you are in real time, how is your 2020 treating you? Did you set any intentions this year that revolved around eating healthier? If you did, and even if you didn't, I think you'll find this episode intriguing. Today, I chat with my good friend, Anne Treminsky. We met while working at an educational publishing company. She is still there and is working as a brilliant editor. Although our roles were pretty different at the time, we found one commonality, food. We both have taste buds that crave and need variety. When Anne isn't finding typos and grammatical errors, she is an avid purveyor of healthy eating and living. Specifically, she's trying to navigate a plant-based diet. She relates stories from her planty adventures on her plantastic blog on Flapper Press. I definitely recommend you check it out. I've known Anne for over nine years now, and I think you'll really enjoy her quirky humor and her laid back attitude when it comes to greening your plate and letting yourself off the hook for eating some meat every now and then. Get ready to salivate as she shares some of her favorite veggie go-tos in this episode. So Anne, I'm so excited that you're on the light me up podcast you are one of my great friends and we've had some good times and some tough times with food so tell me where did your love of food all start um conception (laughs) i know i've always been a foodie i love food does anybody not like food um i guess some people i've known someone who doesn't like food she just said food just was of sustenance, just in, in order to give her energy. Well, to be honest, Derek's like that. Um, he, uh, he Your boyfriend. He live is how he puts it. He doesn't live to eat, he eats to live. So. There, yes. So, but I've never been that way. I've always loved food. Food's always been a very exciting topic for me. So. <laughs> um, as I learn more about food, I realize I like all types. I like junk food. I like gourmet. I like meat. I like veggies. I mean, I'm really, there are very few foods that I just don't want to participate with. Right. So I definitely know that about you because we've yeah. eaten the most wonderful things and you've actually introduced me to new food. So I, I loved it though. And I thought it was really interesting when you started diving into the world of plant-based eating. So when did that happen for you and why? You know, um, I've been kind of on a very long health journey, uh, trying to kind of figure out what it means to be healthy. And 
um, like so many young women in our country and in the world, um, for the longest time, I thought weight equaled health. That if you were skinny, you were healthy. If you were overweight, you were unhealthy. And that that was it. That was a simple, you know, delineation of what health was. It's basically how much you weigh. And that's just not true. Um, the fact of the matter is that health doesn't equal weight or weight doesn't equal health, depending on what you meant. Um, weight is kind of an indicator of health. And if someone's overweight, there's usually something behind it, unhealthy, that caused it. But that's not always 100% true. And so for a long time, it was about losing weight and what could you eat to lose weight and all that stuff. And then I lost the weight. I was very skinny, going around in my skinny jeans and having a great time. And I started having health issues. And I was very surprised because, you know, it's like, no, no, I did the thing. I'm, it's all over now. I'm good. And um, mm -hmm. come to find out, I was having acid reflux. And that's when I first started to really pay attention to clean eating. And um, basically, for people not familiar with those terms, it's non-processed food. So an apple that grows on a tree is not processed. Applesauce that you buy in a little plastic container that's sitting on the shelf in the store is a very processed food. They had to grind it up and cook it and put something in it so I could just sit on the shelf for a long time before someone bought it. So um, those are kind of the differences between whole food and processed food. <laughs> and what happens when you eat a lot of processed food is you get a lot of acid reflux, you get other health problems that crop up. And, and I was really kind of shocked because I did the thing. I was skinny. You know, that was supposed to be enough. And so then I started paying attention to, okay, now being skinny necessarily doesn't mean health. And you can eat certain ways to be a certain weight. That doesn't mean you're being healthy. And so that kind of led me down the rabbit hole of, okay, what is healthy? And of okay. course, you know, if anybody asks the question, is it healthy? The answer is always, it depends. But one thing, as I'm exploring all of this, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at what's best for my type of health, you know, what do I am trying to achieve with my personal health goals? And the thing that kept coming up was plants, plant-based eating. And you look at the research as far as heart health, uh, diet rich in fruits and vegetables, um, preventing Alzheimer's, a diet rich in fruit and vegetables, uh, you know, preventing diabetes, preventing any kind of prevention diet always mentions <laughs> fruits and vegetables. And so it kept coming up and up. And so I was kind of heading that way already. And then I, one of my health issues that came up was, um, I have, uh, a bad back, essentially. And one of the things my doctor talked to me about was a low inflammation diet. That part of the reason my back won't heal is because I have inflammation. And so a low inflammation diet, well, it's a low-fat, high-fiber diet, which the more you look into is plants and vegetables, you know, fruit and vegetables. So it just kind of kept coming back to that. And meanwhile, because I have been trying to be healthy and because I have been trying to 
eat that way. I was already eating a lot of fruits and vegetables anyway. And I kind of thought about what would it take for me to go from an omnivore, essentially, to an herbivore, to being a plant eater. You know, I kind of started slow. You know, I did the meatless Monday or one day a week. I don't eat meat. Then I was up to two days a week. And then, you know, at a certain point, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do the thing. And so I jumped in and been almost two years now. And I'm not 100%. You know, I I, uh, I don't claim to be a, a pure vegan or anything like that because I'm quite simply not. But my diet is the opposite of kind of the standard American diet, which is I eat more plants than meat. A little bit of meat every once in a while. Most of the time I eat plants. And the standard American diet revolves around animal protein. And then... Oh yeah, some vegetables on the side. Yeah, that's that's exactly true. So Anne, so you just said that you are eating meat occasionally. How many times a week are you eating meat then? So um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I'm engaged to be married, and my fiance and I uh, have dinner once a week with his family, and um, his stepmother cooks dinner for us, which is a sweet deal. I love it, you know, because on Sunday nights, I don't have to worry about cooking. I just show up, they feed us, they love on us. Great. I get to go home. So um, when I decided to start eating plant-based, I didn't, you know, walk in and demand. (laughs) I want want only plants from now on. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was kind of interesting. Right about that time, um, Derek's dad had some health issues and he had to modify his diet due to health issues and Billy was telling me about how difficult it was trying to cook on this new diet and all I could think was like I'm not going to stress her out more and go oh by the way I want to be vegan you know and um and the good news is she cooks very healthily anyways you know she it's low fat high in fiber and there's always lots of vegetables at the table and so once a week I just kind of accept I'm going to have a meat-based meal. And it's actually been, I think, very positive for me because I don't stress about, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I miss chicken so much or something like that. I always know, okay, once a week, I'm going to have something like that. And it kind of helps, you know, me turn it down somewhere else going, oh, it's been so long since I've eaten this, you know. No, once a week, I'm okay. I have my little meat-based dinner. And so it, you know, kind of staves off the craving. The only other regular exception (laughs) I have is when we go out for sushi. I just love it too much. And it's a pretty healthy, (laughs) you know, it's got, got a lot of omegas in there and it's a healthy fatty fish. And so, (laughs) so, you know, once or twice a week, yeah, I eat meat. And I, I don't sweat it. I, I don't beat myself up about it. Um, I've made that a part of my health routine. The majority of what I eat, especially what I'm preparing for myself in my own kitchen, is vegan. That is so interesting for me to, to hear you say that because I love it. I've been following you on Instagram <laughs> and, um, and post the most fantastic meals and pictures of those meals on there. So, um, but okay, so right now there's a huge mindset though that you need to get 
protein in? Mm -hmm. What are the other ways and the other foods you're eating to get that in? And how do you make it taste good? And how do you, does it fill, fill you up? I will, I will say this first and foremost, if you are eating vegan and you're hungry, that means you need to eat more. That doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. You know, it's, that's kind of the nice thing about eating plants is you, you're allowed to eat more. When you're eating meat, you have to be a little more sensitive about portion controls because especially with like beef or pork, it's a little higher in fat. So you have to be careful about how much of it you're eating at a sitting. Whereas with the plant-based protein, you usually can get away with just eating as much as you want and eating till you feel satiated. But um, there's kind of this myth right now <laughs> of, the, of protein. The average American eats way more protein than our body needs. Um, one of the statistics I read one time was uh, we eat three times as much protein as we need in the average day. And, wow. Um, yeah. And so it's like, well, why, why does protein keep coming up then in like the fitness magazines and stuff? And part of it is how we eat our protein. A lot of it is, you know, when we snack in the afternoon and you get the munchies, you'll eat something that's like a high carb or, or something that doesn't really fill you up. And that's where a lot of people started advising, oh, you should have a protein in the afternoon. And that's because the combination of a protein with a carbohydrate is what satiates you and gives you that energy boost to get you the rest of the day. And so a lot of times when people are giving advice of, have you tried eating a protein, like say in the morning for breakfast, having an egg for breakfast rather than having a bowl of cereal, is because that might help give you more energy depending on how and when you eat it. Most people don't need to worry about how much protein they're eating, but what they're eating it with and when they're eating. Yeah, so um, I'm a big believer in protein. I eat protein throughout the day. Um, and I do always try to pair it with, uh, you know, it's, think about the, the regular meal. You have protein, you have a carb, and you've got a vegetable of some sort. <laughs> you know, chicken breast, rice, green beans. That's, you know, your average meal. Well, if that's that way for a reason. Those things work together really well the fiber, the carb, and the protein. And then it's good for your body. It's how your body digests it and how it burns those calories. And so you might, if you're feeling, you know, lethargic, if you're worried about how you're eating protein, you might try that. You know, what am I eating my protein? The plant-based proteins, the most famous, of course, is soy, tofu. Yes. Um, which is a great, easily manipulated... <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better term, um, protein, you can do a lot with it. You can make it taste like a lot of things. It is the chicken of the vegan world, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, it's also kind of, it's also very processed, basically. Um, you know, if you are going to start eating a plant-based lifestyle, I eat tofu all the time, don't get me wrong, but it shouldn't be your substitute for meal meat for every meal. You should try and get other plant-based proteins one of the best is beans. And there are so many varieties of beans out there. You don't realize how many there are <laughs> until you start trying to look at vegan recipes. But, you know, black beans, kidney beans, cannellini beans, uh, they're also really easy because they come in a can. You can get those, you can dump them out and rinse them, and they're good to just toss into any meal. If you want to soak your beans overnight and boil them all day long, that's really tasty. But, you know, for the average dinner at night, 
can of beans will do great. Lentils are another very popular staple in the vegan diet. There are millions of Indians who do not eat meat for religious reasons. And one of the staples of their diet is lentils. And there are so many excellent lentil dishes out there. Mm-hmm. Eating cookbooks. <laughs> it's one of my go-tos all the time is because, and it is, it's very filling. It, you know, you're, you're measuring out like a cup and you're like, oh no, how do I, what else am I going to eat? Well, it swells up as it's cooking and it absorbs all the juices and stuff that you're cooking it with. And a little goes a long way. It's amazing how much those high fiber foods start to fill up your stomach. So I, I was very surprised when I started eating plant-based all the time, how little protein was a problem. You're really motivating me to take another look at my diet. I've actually, I wasn't getting enough protein when I first moved to California about six years ago. I was eating a lot of what I like to call TV dinners. And I even thought I was being vegan, but I was having too, too many processed foods, including processed soy. So I was, I was really surprised that I wasn't getting enough protein in. So I had to switch to eating more animal protein. But now, now that I'm doing powerlifting, I think I might be having a little too much. So I, I read one of your articles on, on your blog, Plantastic, which everybody, uh, all of our listeners, you have to check it out. It is fantastic. And one of the articles I really fell in love with was where she was talking about people being food snobs, <laughs> which made me crack up. I love your sense of humor and the way that you write. And so I'd love for you to tell us a little more about that article where you were talking about, hey, it's okay to go and have a can of beans, like you're saying, <laughs> if one of us corporate you know, goers who have kids and we don't have time to cook. So um, can you talk about some of those suggestions for people who are maybe like me just starting off and trying to maybe take out some of that animal protein? Oh, definitely. Um, Something you mentioned, which I kind of had to learn the hard way too, was the idea of, you know, getting these frozen meals and stuff that are ready to go that are vegan. You know, they have the little V with the heart. That means they're vegan. And um, so I was eating a lot of those at first too, especially for lunches at work. It was so easy. And um, right. You know, find out those are like any other frozen meal. They have a lot of oil. They have a lot of salt, you know, and that's how, why they taste good and how they keep them preserved for so long. And so it's very sad. There's vegan junk food. Oreo cookies are vegan. I know. That was my <laughs> so, You know, you can't sit there and eat a bag of Oreos and go, it's okay, guys. I'm being vegan. I'm being totally healthy here you know, you're not fooling anybody, at least alone your, yourself. So um, it is very easy, easy to be a vegan junk food eater, especially if you're in a big city. That's how vegan restaurants are becoming popular is they're serving these really delicious foods. Now that's not to say all vegan restaurants are unhealthy because that's not true. But if you're getting the impossible burger at Burger King, let's face it, you may not be eating the healthiest meal there is. So part of eating healthy and eating vegan is just like part of eating healthy and eating anything else. Whole food is better. The fresher the food, um, the simpler the ingredients that go into the food, 
the healthier it's going to be. And this has been proven again and again with so much research data. Um, you know, preservatives aren't the devil. You're not going to dribble up and die if you eat a preservative. But if you're looking at your long-term health goal, one of the simplest things you can do is try and eat whole foods. And that's any type of eater. The problem with that, though, is nobody wants to make their own bread. You know, you're not going to go out and milk your cow and go get the eggs from the chicken and go, you know, pick some grain right. down, grind it up yourself. You know, we're living in a modern world, and unless you're on a farm or have your own herb garden, you need to go buy this stuff at a store. And yeah, in an ideal world, we would all go to the farmer's market and we would all go buy those ingredients as fresh as humanly possible and spend all day chopping vegetables so we can have delicious, fresh, whole food meal. But we don't really have the time to do that. You know, most of us have jobs. <laughs> most of us don't live by a farm or can't get to the farmer's market because we're sleeping in on Saturday. That's our day off. You know, so it's kind of hard. You want to be this healthy individual that is living this lifestyle and is climbing mountains and, you know, eating your granola bar that you made yourself. And yeah, that'd be great. And if you can do it, do it. But if you can't, there is a happy medium to driving through McDonald's, you know, versus climbing the mountain with your homemade granola bar. There's something happy in the middle that you can achieve. And one of the ways to do that is finding um, pre-prepped vegetables that are good to go. The, one of the best examples is canned beans. And I've encountered, I, I hate to pick on forks over knives, but it always seems to be the forks over knives people. They're very impassionate people who've had great health successes following the Forks Over Knives plan, which is an excellent whole foods, plant-based resource. Uh, if you are starting out, check out anything Forks Over Knives. They have an excellent, excellent magazine now that is chock full of recipes. So I highly recommend that. But you get on some of their message boards and you're a brand new person, you're going, hey, can I use canned beans? You know, you might get some snotty responses about, well, you should really be soaking them overnight. You should really be doing this from scratch. Why aren't you doing this from scratch? And the fact of the matter is, is I tried to wait till I had time to do all that. I'd be going through the drive-through. <laughs> you know, I'd be really hungry and I wouldn't take the time to make the healthy meal in the first place. So, you know, there are canned vegetables that aren't canned in a lot of preservatives. You have to check your labels. You have to read your ingredient list. Most of them are canned in salt because salt is a preservative. Just rinsing your canned vegetables can help reduce the sodium. But uh, it's not completely sodium-free, and you should take that into account when you're seasoning those vegetables later. But things like canned beans or the pre-cut vegetables in the grocery store so many grocery stores now, you can get cleaned and cut fruit in a nice little tub and take it home and pop it open and there you go, fruit. And we beat ourselves up and go, oh, well, I should be able to clean my own fruit. Of course you're able to clean your own fruit. <laughs> but if it'll help you eat the fruit more, buy the pre-cut, clean stuff. It makes your life a little bit easier and you can afford to do it, do it. And you know, that's another thing, you know, people always talk about, oh, it costs so much. You know, it costs more to be a vegan, which I don't think is strictly true, but 
depending on what vegan things you're buying. You know, people talk about, oh, it costs more to buy the pre-cut vegetable. Well, how much do you think medical care costs in America? You know, it, this yeah. isn't, a coronary isn't cheap either. And you're worth the extra couple dollars to get the fruit medley that's cut and ready to go. And then if you eat that instead of a candy bar for dessert, you're being healthier. You're taking care of yourself. So vegans get a bad rap. <laughs> they do for being um, hardcore, for being, you know, obsessed with the way they eat and talking about it all the time, which I know is ironic coming from a person that blogs about plant-based eating. But you have to kind of relax. You know, you have to figure out what's realistic for you. What can you do? It's an achievable goal. If you can make your homemade granola bars, great. If you can go hike that mountain, great. But if you want to use canned beans and that will help you make a vegan chili for dinner tonight, use a can of beans. Just rinse them off first. I have to say that when I was first working with my holistic doctor about five, six years ago now, and I found out how much inflammation was in my body and how low and depleted I was on certain vitamins, that it was recommended that I start eating organic and whole food based. And I, I definitely was that person. I crashed and burned because I spent all my money on my credit cards going to full paycheck and yeah. went, didn't realize I have, you know, homemade almond milk. And so right. I really, really appreciate you just say it's okay to buy a can of beans and call it a day. Yeah. But you also, you have this recipe for a bowl. Bowls are the vegans friend, are the plant-based eaters friends. All the good things come in a bowl. Those are, uh, you, you will come to eat a lot of soups and salads, but those are so easy to make a whole lot of all at once. So it's nice to have and nice to have leftovers. And it just makes your life, again, makes your life a little bit easier when it's there and you can grab it out of the fridge and you're good to go. And so there's this idea of the Buddha bowl, and this has been around forever. Um, it's called the Buddha bowl because it's usually vegetarian. I've now seen every type of bowl ever. <laughs> The, the idea of a bowl has become very popular. So you will find all sorts of recipes out there. It's some not so healthy, but the general concept is good, which is, again, start with a carb, you, uh, some sort of grain. Um, brown rice is the best go-to in the world. It goes with everything. But you could also do um, quinoa, which, again, very high in protein. It's a high in fiber and high in protein, and it's... A carb all at once. It's a little powerhouse of a food, which is why quinoa comes up a lot in recipes. You start with that, get some sort of protein. It can be a bean. It can be lentils. It can be something else entirely. <laughs> you've got nuts. You've got tofu. Um, and then you add some sort of vegetable to it. And what's nice about the bowl is you can put any fruit or vegetable in there that you happen to have lying around. And then basically you season it. And so I've got some go-to seasonings that I've come up with that kind of work with everything. One of them, the, the chef called it a holy trinity. And it's sesame oil, uh, soy sauce, and rice vinegar. And basically you just mix that up in the proportions that taste good to you. And then you can pour that over any vegetable rice combo. Yum. Salsa is a miracle flavoring. <laughs> I love salsa. 
I will, uh, about once a week, I take a can of beans. I love my can of beans, uh, black beans. <laughs> I'll rinse them off and I'll put them in a small pot with some salsa and that's it. And I just let it stew for a while. And then I have these really flavorful black beans that can go in a tortilla for a little burrito, or I can dump it on top of some rice for a bowl, or I can just have it as a side next to whatever else I'm eating. It's really easy to assemble all this stuff together in a bowl and flavor it. And there are so many flavor combinations out there that are already ready to go. One of the things, when you start removing animal protein, you start removing fat and fat tastes good. That's all there is to it, you know. That's where most of our flavoring comes from in cooking, is you add a little fat, you add a little butter, you add a little oil. If you start eating a diet that takes fats away, which again, a healthy vegan diet, even trying to get rid of the, the oils, even olive oil, you don't really need that. Your body doesn't really need that. So how do you deal with this? When you take that stuff out well you have to put in other flavors in if you do start plant-based eating i highly encourage you to try new, new flavors try new sauces try different types of hummus try you know there's so many things out there um curry is awesome <laughs> there are 18 different types of curry out there and they're not hot you know curry itself generally isn't hot, what's hot usually mm -hmm. they're putting curry in with chilies Leave mm -hmm. the chilies out if you don't like the cur <laughs> the heat in your curry. Curry itself is just this great powerhouse of flavor. And, you know, be willing to experiment with the types of food you're cooking. A lot of Asian diets, Indian, Thai, are plant-based already. Um, a lot of those cultures didn't have a lot of access to animal protein. Or if they did, it was usually mm -hmm. fish. So they already have this whole storehouse <laughs> of, of recipes, you know, and flavor combinations of cooking vegetables. They're just fantastic. And so I've really um, gotten into cooking. Indian food really is my favorite right now because it's usually you put everything in a pot and just let it cook for a while. And then it comes out tasting great. And you pour it over rice and you have a bowl. <laughs> you know, so there it's. Um, it's fun for me. I love to cook. I love to experiment. So I've really been enjoying that. I know not everybody's that way. So it can be a little daunting at first. You know, you don't know until you try, until you start to experiment with some of this stuff. And it, it does get easier. The more you do it, it, the easier it gets to go. I can just throw this together and I've got a good meal. Oftentimes I hear people just say, eat a plant-based diet. You know, you go to your your doctors and they say, more plants. And so we're like, okay, but it's it's helpful to talk to someone like you who's doing the typical <laughs> nine to five and then some as well as writing, but someone to say, hey, it's okay. This is what's working for me. And here are a few things I've tried. I actually am really hungry for one of your Buddha bowls right now. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Claire de Lune Yoga. Ready to start a yoga practice, but feel a bit shy heading to a studio or just pressed for time? I offer three yoga packages geared to fit you and your life. 
join me online for private yoga sessions tailored to fit your body and needs. The Light Me Up package is a great one to start with. In it, you'll meet with me for four weeks and two 30-minute sessions each week. I'll support you through check-in emails as well as create a Google folder to share our work together. Head on over to your laptop and email me directly at info at renee-claire.com for more info. Namaste. I do want to switch gears just a little bit. So we've been tossing around the term vegan and veganism. And I know people can be very strict. I think that's a nice way of putting it about what that word means. And I think I was telling someone about you and they brought up this term flexitarian. And I was really curious about that means and what you see about it and do labels even matter right now uh (laughs) i I would say don't sweat the labels i think that's kind of part of people's holdups about trying some of these new things is they're they're afraid they'll do it wrong um and so sometimes labels can be intimidating um However, there are people who take labels very seriously. So if you're trying to communicate what your needs are to somebody else, sometimes it helps to have a label. The upshot is, okay, so you have the omnivore and that's that's kind of your standard American diet. Um, you eat meat, you eat some vegetables, you eat a little bit of everything. Then you have the vegetarian. Um, vegetarian does not eat meat, pork, chicken, fish. They focus on vegetables, but they also eat um, animal-produced products, so milk or eggs, they or cheese. There's no problem eating that as a as a vegetarian. A vegan is one step further, and they actually will eat no animal-based products whatsoever, and so that includes the milk and the cheese, the dairy products, the eggs. And so that's kind of what distinguishes a vegan from other people. So the term vegan, though, really grew up around a group of people who stopped eating meat for moral reasons. And um, a lot of vegetarianism started that way as well. You know, historically, the people that chose not to eat meat were doing it because they thought it was wrong. That, you know, meat is murder or (laughs) just... They didn't feel right about eating something else that was once alive. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of people who call themselves vegans are doing so because they are making that distinction that it's not just about eating a certain way; it's about living a certain lifestyle where you will not harm animals. And so that's why where you get the term <laughs> vegan when you're shopping for clothes and you'll see a vegan purse. That means it's not real leather; it's artificial. Le- leather and so it's safe for someone who wants to protect animals to buy so that's vegan kind of is a loaded term because it is very much associated with something that's moral and very important to people and so you know somebody who'd hear me talking about oh once a week i go over to my future in-laws and we eat steak for dinner they would be furious that i would refer to myself vegan and so I try not to I I'm I eat vegan 
but I'm, I'm not a vegan, if that makes sense. Then you get kind of these fine grain terms. So there are certain people who eat vegetarian most of the time, but will occasionally eat fish because it is a healthier animal-based protein and they're okay with it. And so that's where the term pescatarian comes in because you will eat fish. Then there are lacto-ovo mm -hmm. vegetarians. One of them, it means they drink milk but won't eat eggs or vice versa or something like that. It's, so there's ways of specifying, okay, I'm a vegetarian, but I have certain extra needs. Um, and then, okay, so now you have another group coming up and they're people who are like me. We're eating plant-based because it's healthy. We want to be healthier. We want to stave off all those diseases and whatnot. So we're avoiding meat and animal proteins and animal products, but we're not morally against it. I don't have a problem eating a bacon cheeseburger. I'm, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not thrilled that a cow had to die for me to do that, but I can deal with it and move on. It's not a moral choice for me. It's a health choice. I ate only bacon cheeseburgers. I'm going to get have a heart attack at 56. You know, I don't want to do that. So every once in a while, though, I might splurge and eat meat. Once a week when I go and have my family dinner, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to have a chicken breast. How do you describe that person? Well, one of the terms that came up was flexitarian, which is kind of vegetarian meets flexible. <laughs> um, well, and that's that's where the term came from. It kind of caught on. <laughs> I have, when you Google flexitarian, things will come up. There are a couple books out there that use that term. Um, it's not been as popular as some of the others. Uh, I don't know why, but it just hasn't. So the term I see most often is plant-based. I'm a plant-based eater, which means the majority of what I eat including proteins, comes from plants. The other addition to that is whole food plant-based eating. And that's what, um, like the forks over knives diet is whole food plant-based eating or WFTB. <laughs> so if oh, you're searching wolf pub everywhere, that's what people are talking about. What, what the heck is this wolf pub thing that everybody says I should be doing? That's whole food, plant-based eating. Whole and, food. Um, okay. Oh my gosh, there are so many terms, but I... Yeah, there are a lot. So that's, you know, I tend to stick with vegan because when I'm talking about what types of food I eat, because it's just, a lot of people know that means nothing having to do with an animal. So... Um, and that's hard. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I could be vegetarian very easily. Uh, being strictly vegan and not having cheese, not having, um, eggs, those, those are pretty standard in every kind of diet. So that, that is a big change. Um, it certainly was for me, but as far as leaving out, like, you know, a pork chop out of the meal and just eating the vegetables on the side. I actually could do that a little bit easier. That was okay. You know, I used to have uh, 
my Greek yogurt in the afternoon with fresh fruit. And that it took me forever to get, you know, I was like, I can't have yogurt. Wait, what? No, you know. Yeah. So actually, not to confuse you even further, there's yet another term. Oh, no. there's more. <laughs> yeah, so paleo, um, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Paleo is, uh, it's a diet. It's the, um, generally used as a weight loss system, but it's a way of eating that, um, I, I don't know all the specifics, but it's basically a simplified way of eating to go back to what we ate when we were in the Paleolithic era, I guess. I'm not really sure. If you want to know about paleo, you should go ask somebody else. I've never done paleo. But, um, <laughs> it's not this, that's not this episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was very funny. And so I was reading about how um, some people are frustrated trying to be strict, eating strictly vegan, but they want the health benefits. And then apparently some other people were going, well, they were trying to do paleo, but it was a little too strict and they weren't really, you know. So they met somewhere in the middle and they calling themselves, and honest to God, pagans. Yeah, I have thought like maybe I could become a pagan and then I could have my Greek yogurt in the afternoon and <laughs> and the world will be right. As That's right. right. But. Well, thank you for, for going through all of those labels. I, I know that that's helpful for me and sometimes just a reminder <laughs> as to what's what. But at the end of the day, it just sounds like if we just are more aware of putting plants in our bodies that we're gonna see some healthy changes in our lives and some benefits. So I yeah. would love to know what changes you've seen in your life. What's made your mind and your body feel lighter? Well, you know, the, the, the kind of deciding factor to really give this a try, because I, you know, I, I consider myself a healthy eater um, and, and definitely focused on healthy foods and a lot of fruit and vegetables already, but to make the switch where like, okay, I'm going to do this completely plant-based. Um, I'm going to stop buying cheese. Oh my gosh. You know, the decision to do that was based on my inflammation level was I was dealing with a lot of pain. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm willing to go to physical therapy for pain. I'm willing to take a pill for pain. I should be willing to change how I eat too, you know? And mm. because, and one of the things that um, I've found through research and what medical doctors have found through research and um, I learned from them, is that there is no one fix for inflammation. Is that it's a you really need a multi-pronged approach and make different changes in order to reduce the inflammation in your life. And so diet is one of those. It's an easy way to reduce your inflammation levels, which helps you heal, which helps you have less pain. So that's really why I started doing this. And I I did kind of have that. Yeah, we'll see if there's any difference, you know, and there was, and it's that simple was that it wasn't radical. Um, some people have that. Some people try it and they don't see any difference whatsoever. Some people, all they have to do is eat vegan the rest of their lives. They never have a migraine again. You know, that sort of story comes up, but so it's different for different people, but I personally found that my pain levels became much more manageable 
when I started eating this diet. And it's very interesting when I kind of go off the wagon, like uh, we recently took a big trip and I didn't go crazy. I didn't, you know, go hog wild and start eating cheeseburgers all day long, but I didn't, I wasn't as strict as when I'm at home um, with eating plant-based. And I noticed the difference. I noticed that I was kind of achy in my shoulders again. And I was kind of feeling that tension and kind of carrying that around. And it's interesting since I've gotten back home and I've gotten back to use my routine and and eating the things I normally eat, gone away again, you know? <laughs> so it's it's interesting to me that just changing how I eat can affect this other part of my body so noticeably. I also, you know, there are a lot of benefits from eating plant-based that are kind of well-known and well-advertised. Uh, one of them is is the energy level. It's true if you eat a salad versus eating, you know, a chili cheese dog, which gives you more energy to go run around afterwards. That this is kind of basic knowledge. This isn't that's a that's a really easy one to to see, you know. You, not a lot of people go into a food coma after a nice healthy plant-based meal. <laughs> it can happen, but not always. A lot of people talk about their skin clears up. I didn't really notice that for me personally, um, but I I had another friend who he was telling me that when he started eating plant based, he couldn't believe it. He you know, just always thought he had bad, bad skin, and here it was, it cleaned up. Right. So I don't know. There, it's I do feel I don't know how to explain it. I just I feel more comfortable in my body. Um, everything kind of moves more naturally, I guess. When you eat junk food, you know, you kind of have that uh, feeling or I ate too much feeling. And it's funny, I almost always get that after I eat something like animal-based that I never noticed that before, but now I notice it. Even something that's considered relatively healthy, like a grilled chicken salad, you know. Right. And so... I like that. I like that I notice a difference. And to me, it makes it worthwhile. It makes it easier to make that choice then. Okay, do I want to be sluggish this afternoon? Well, then maybe I won't get that. Maybe I'll go over here and get the salad. I have to commend you on everything that you've done. You've given yourself permission to try new things and try it differently and not be snobby about <laughs> things and and just hearing you see some results and hearing you just be aware of your body is is so neat and i think it sets an example for me and i know it sets an example for our listeners and i think the shirt that you're wearing right now is just so fitting uh, for our listeners <laughs> before it's very cute <laughs> so yeah, and we've yeah. talked about a lot of today if you could recommend one thing for our audience to remember or take away from everything you've shared with us, and I know this is a loaded question, mm. but what would what would that one thing be? Honestly, I think it would just be try it and, and maybe try it again. Um, you know, try those vegetables you hated as a kid. Your your taste you change as an adult. You know, I discovered I liked asparagus as an adult. I hated asparagus as a kid, you know. Um, <laughs> If you don't like something raw, try it cooked. If you don't like something cooked, try it raw. If 
um, you know, you tried curry that one time and it was too spicy. Try it without the chilies and, you know, and maybe yeah. it won't be so bad. Uh, I would just say, you know, you, <laughs> one of the things I learned is really funny because it's so obvious, but like, why do people like kale? You know, kale is awful. It's so bitter. It's so this and that. And then, well, you keep eating it. If you keep eating it, you get used to the taste. And um, it's like, oh, well, why would you do that if you didn't like it the first time? It's like, okay, did anybody who had it a drink the first time, like if your first sip of wine or your first sip of beer, did you really like it the first time? Did you really go, no. oh, this is so tasty? No, you kept drinking it though, didn't you? Because there was an outcome you were looking for. <laughs> and so, you know, we adapt, we learn to like things and like flavor just by through repetition. So yeah, maybe the first time you didn't like it, try it again, give it a little, another go, try it some other way. And it's amazing that, you know, you might not start to crave kale, but I do crave vegetables. I do have those moments where it's like, oh, wow, Brussels sprouts sound really good for dinner tonight. And, you know, that sounds crazy, but it's true. Your body will adapt. So if you try and sit down and have your, you know, Buddha bowl for the first time and you're like, man, this could use some chicken. Don't feel bad. That's natural. But try it again. And pretty soon you'll notice you don't miss the chicken as much. You like those vegetables. Kale's not so bad. So always be willing to try it and then try it again. That is a fantastic takeaway. Thanks. <laughs> and how can our listeners get a hold of you and follow along on your journey? Um, right now I'm uh, writing for the website flapperpress.com. It's F L A. E-P-E-R-P-R-E-S-S. And um, I'm doing one of their food blogs, and it's called Plantastic. So, Plantastic. <laughs> so that's where I'm um, tracking my own journey through this plant-eating world. I'm, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm a normal person just trying to figure this all out on my own. And I spend a lot of time on it because I just, I love food and I love setting this stuff. But um, so I'm, that's the perspective I'm trying to give on my blog. I, I love your blog. I love your realism and your humor. You're, you make me want to have a Buddha bowl and start eating more plant-based just because <laughs> of your enthusiasm and groundedness about it. So thank you. Okay, last but not least, I have Renee's five rapid response questions for you. Okay. They're they're Oprah-like, but not, <laughs> I love Oprah so much. Check out her podcast. But I love these questions because I feel like we get to take a step out of our discussion and just get to know Anne a little more deeply and kind of come uh, join each other on a more relatable level. So are you ready? I think so. Ready or not. Yeah. <laughs> Anne's, Anne's nodding her head. She's like, oh. what? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This is a podcast. This isn't I should be saying things out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I should mind my answers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Number okay. one. What does the world need more of? Love. Yay. 
It's my favorite response. <laughs> Number two. That is the correct answer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. What or who are you grateful for in this moment? Um, my mom. I have a really good, solid mom. She's my rock. So I'm always grateful for her. I can second that. She's an amazing woman, everybody. Number three, what is your greatest accomplishment so far? Ooh, that's an interesting one. Um, I don't know. Oh, wow. That's so happy. You know, because I kind of, I, I think of things and I'm like, well, that's a good work accomplishment or that's a good, you know, personal life relationship accomplishment but you know what is of the accomplishments which is the best um mm -hmm. you know I was a scared little kid I was a very shy withdrawn little kid that kind of was intimidated by a little bit of everything and I worked very hard to get past that shyness and experience the world more and I think that's part of the reason why I like to try new things now and really go out and seek and explore is because I kind of had to fight to get there. So um, I'm proud of that. Wonderful. Number four, what core belief or mantra do you live by? Um, <laughs> again, I've got a couple. I've got a couple that I use on different times. Um, be kind to yourself is a good one. Oh. I think, yeah, we're really hard on ourselves. Yes, we are. We're kind of our own worst critics. So, um, Spread some of that kindness that you give to others. Spread it to yourself, too. Perfect. Okay. And last but not least, you ready? Drum roll. Yeah. What does it mean to really live? Oh, try new things. I, I just, that's my favorite thing. I love to go new places. I love to taste new food. I love to meet new people. I read a new book, hear a new song, be curious. That's so, that's so fitting for for your journey. And I really appreciate that. I think it's the newness that keeps us all alive and yeah, definitely. And it's been a complete pleasure to have you on the light me up podcast. And I'm so glad you haven't given up sushi so we can have that together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, what? I, I was able to give up cheese before I gave up sushi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Anne, for sharing your veggie journey with us. All right, everyone. So what takeaways do you have from today's episode? Do you think you can let yourself off the hook for not eating organically all the time or trying to reduce eating meat slowly without feeling guilty? And what's one thing you can take away from this episode? One weekly habit I've been practicing is just noticing the veggies on my plate. I add variety when I can, and I make sure that there are more veggies than meat. I've also been having fun making the Buddha bowls for often. They are just so good, and I revisit Anne's blog all the time just to kind of think of new ways to cook veggies. I'm also letting go of feeling like I need to eat only fresh veggies. I felt so much more relaxed when Anne gave me permission to eat veggies from a can. I am so excited for you all to listen to the last episode in our first season dedicated to food. Next week, I'll introduce you to another previous coworker I met at the same educational publishing company as Anne. 
but she has a new way to view your lunch break. Curious to know more? Join me next time as Cheryl Johnson shares her secret to get ahead in life while eating a healthy lunch. Be the light, my friends. <laughs>